Maybe then you can see me and I can see you Maybe then we'll come together as a people Tired of the pain cause it ain't new Let's come together as a people Even if we don't share the same view Welcome to the Jesus and Everything Foundation podcast. On this show, we look at all problems affecting the world and we discuss how we can solve them using the character of Jesus, unity, and decentralization of resources available to us. The character of Jesus, or as I like to call them, the Jesus character principles, are principles that whether you are a Christian or not, we can all agree on these principles. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. For every episode, we discuss a problem topic from our category list. You can find this list on the Foundation's website, jaef.foundation. We ask ourselves and listeners, what is the goal? What is the vision for this problem category? What are the potential solutions? What are the obstacles? What resources do we need? And what resources do we have? But most importantly, do these solutions and resources pass the character test? The nine Jesus character principles? If yes, then we move on to collaboration. What does this look like? This show is a platform to get the ball rolling on as many problems affecting the world as we can. We want to go beyond just talking about problems. So after the show, we collaborate by acting. First, we open the discussion floor to our listeners. Then we decentralize and open source all of our resources from brain power, manpower, utilities to capital. Before every episode, I like to ask our viewers and listeners, do you ever ask yourself, where are we going? Where is this world going? Time keeps on ticking, the day ends, a new dawn arises, and life goes on. But what is our destination? Do we have any global objectives that unite us when it comes to things like food, security, healthcare, education, or standard of living? It's a fair question to ask. If you work for a company or work for yourself, you have a general idea about your company's vision. Goal. So what is our goal, our overarching vision as the current residents of this planet? What role is your company, your city, your country playing in the big picture? And what role are you who's listening to this playing in this big picture? Welcome to another Everyday Life series on decoding how God thinks about work, money, business, investing, and leadership. Biblical principles from Genesis to Revelation. It's under our Everyday Life category. 
You can find the full list of topics we shall cover under this category on our website jf.foundation. That is jaef.foundation. In our first series of decoding, we looked at decoding creation, God's thought processes and patterns through creation from Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. And we arrived at a 10 principle combination that will revolutionize how you think. In this next series of decoding, we'll look at how God thinks about work, money, business, investing, and leadership through the life and story of Joseph, also from the book of Genesis. Joseph's life changed the course of Israel. It was through him that God preserved the nation of Israel. Israel wasn't yet a nation per se. It was just a family of 12 siblings. The letter grew into the nation of Israel in Egypt. Some of the life principles we'll cover in this decoding series are our upbringing and past shouldn't define us. Knowing your purpose and calling is the best anchor to go through the storms of life. In life, we need favor and love with both God and man. There are no coincidences in life. God's justice system never fails. We'll also look at work and service, money, and how the economy of Egypt was built from the ground up. We'll also look at investing, saving, leadership, and management. Without further ado, welcome to Decoding Joseph. Welcome back to episode 17 of Decoding Joseph. I am so excited to get back into the series. Happy New Year. I hope you have been tuning in to um, a couple of 
episodes that we launched, that we released on how to approach 2023 through the lens of the word of God and mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Now, I think this is a, a good segue for us to come off of that series, that intro. We really wanted to, you know, kind of have some kind of uh, foundation or structure to guide us into how to approach 2023. So if you haven't listened to that series, please check it out. It's on our Unplugged series where we just go, you know, row and cut just, you know. So yeah, so I hope that really blessed you. And so it's very interesting that, you know, it's, it's February. Uh, I don't know by the time you listen to this, whether it will still be f February, but uh, right now in the month of February, and I'm guessing that a lot of people, some people have already, you know, fired off the blocks and they are, you know, already trying to find out, you know, they're already trying to make sense of 2023. They're already trying to figure out what to do and all these kind of things. So I think it's a really good segue for us that the series that is following right after that series on how to approach 2023 through the lens of the word of God is decoding Joseph because in decoding Joseph, we're looking at this story about a guy called Joseph from the Bible. It's from the book of Genesis, uh, you know, Genesis chapter 39 all the way till around Genesis chapter 48. It's about 10 chapters of the Bible. I mean, 10 chapters of the book of Genesis. And in this series of Decoding Joseph, it's been a while since our last episode. So I'm also really trying to get back on track and in the mindset of this series. So there's a lot of recaps that maybe I will spend a couple of minutes touching on just to catch everybody up to speed, not just you who's listening to this episode, but me as well. In this story of Decoding Joseph, we are getting some unique insights into how God thinks about work, money, business, investing, and leadership. This is a series that is very interesting in my in my in my opinion because the story of joseph really captures all the aspects of life i mean this story is loaded again if you've never read the story of joseph this is a very good series for you because joseph we we arrive at the scene of of this person named Joseph in the Bible, in the book of Genesis. Um, actually, it's not even starting from chapter 39. It starts all the way from Genesis chapter 37, verse 5. That's where the story of Joseph, um, that's where we're introduced to this person called Joseph. Now, in this modern day and age, a lot of you, and, and why this series is called, is, is that we use this series to really dig into and try to figure out 
some unique insights on how God, how he thinks about how our approach to work should be, to money, to business, investing, and leadership. Guys, this stuff is all in the Bible. It, it amazes me. The more I read about, the, the more I read the Bible, and of course, with help from the Holy Spirit, I receive more revelation. It's almost like every, you know, if you catch me on Monday, I might, my revelation of, of the word of God might be, let's say, at A, right? And by Wednesday or Thursday, I'm already at EFG. The word of God is really so powerful. I can't stress this enough that I would really encourage you to start making the word of God your focus for life. We have been made to believe that the word of God is just this ethereal book that only speaks about heaven and hell and judgment. But that is wrong. That is wrong. They saw the, this book is contains the foundations of everything that pertains to God, to life, to God and godliness. The scripture says to life and godliness. So we get to see the mind of God. How does he approach work? How does he want you to approach your work? How does he want you to approach money? How does he want you to approach business, investing and leadership? Because I know these are the things that keep us up, keep most of us up at night. Most of us, January to December, starting off the year, these are the things that are our primary objective. Work, money, business, investing, and leadership, right? Uh, these are the things that make the most news headlines. You know, the economy, the stock market, um, job, uh, job, you know, what is it? The, 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 the job economy, the job market. Um, people are going to school, um, taking, you know, applying for student loans and all of these things because all efforts, at least when I look around in our life right now, it seems that most people, 90% of the population, all their efforts are geared towards work, money, business, investing, and leadership. Christians and non-Christians. You know, Christians and non-Christians. So since it's a big part of our society and and um, our culture and what you will probably spend most of your time trying to where most of your life most of your time in 2023 will be centered around and the question that i like to ask is god what do you really think about work money business investing and leadership so that is where this series came out of. And when I asked the question, I said, can we look at a guy who has gone through everything, you know, the highs and the lows, gone from the bottom of the pit to being the best in class? How, and this was a guy that walked with God. What was his character? What are some of the things that he took advantage of? How did God use this man? So, this series is very, it has been very eye-opening to me personally, because 
in the story of Joseph, there's about 11 key life principles that we can really decode from the story of Joseph. And right now, we're decoding principle category number two, which is what is your purpose? I can't stress this one enough. But just as an overview, what are the principal categories that you can really look at that we can harness out of the life of this character named Joseph in the Bible? The first one was that our upbringing and past shouldn't define us. And we saw that clearly in Joseph's, Joseph's life, which was he was born in a family of, of several siblings. Uh, which went on to become the nation of the nation of Israel, and they were called the twelve sons of um, of Jacob. And so, but this is a guy who ran into who who dealt with a lot of uh, persecution from his family and betrayal, and sold into slavery, as some someone else's story could be similar to Joseph. You know, where life has dealt you a couple of hard blows betrayal from the people you love, rape, you know, divorce, um, you know, imprisonment, uh, betrayal really from, from, from the people that you love. Perhaps it was um, rape, even maybe molestation from a parent or an uncle or a relative. So, this guy dealt with similar situations like that. So in the first probably 15 or 12 episodes, really most of, most of our time was on understanding, looking at this guy and really decoding how your upbringing and past shouldn't define you, how it shouldn't be a block an obstacle to you still stepping out and fulfilling destiny. Then principal category number two was what is your purpose? Because when you look at the life of Joseph, the only way you can honestly really decode and understand how was a man like Joseph, by the way, the time when his story begins, we introduced to him is 17 years old. How does this young guy you know, how does he go through the things he's dealt with, you know, like being sold, almost killed by his brother, sold into slavery, foreign country, as a slave, lied on uh, by his master's wife. She tries to rape him, but he runs away, sent into prison. And I mean, it just gets worse. But how does this guy go through all the valleys of his life and still come out? And we decoded that the anchor of his hope was that he knew what God had called him to be. He knew why he was put on this planet. And perhaps you're in that situation where you feel that you can't do it anymore. This is why a lot of people take their lives. This is why a lot of people commit suicide. There's a lot of people who are dealing with depression and, and, are, and are hopeless and scripture talks about the anchor of your hope. It's what God has called you to do. That's the thing that I honestly believe that 
something bigger than you, something on the other end of the end of your lifetime. That between, you know, when they when they put those dates on a on a on a tombstone, they put the date you were born and the day you transition. That dash there is your purpose. Why? So that is what anchors you, the end of you really fulfilling your calling here on this planet. That is what pulls you through all the years of travel, through the valleys, through the apps, the downs. You know, so and Joseph had his. He knew his. God visited him. God revealed his his uh, Joseph's purpose to him through a couple of dreams. And what we've really been trying to do in the last couple of episodes is touch on how can you discover your purpose? You know, why is it super critical? Why is it the most absolute important thing that any of us should do is to really go on a journey of discovery, finding out why has God called me and starting to do life right down this lane called, I don't know, calling lane or destiny lane, uh, you know, take an exit. You know, if you're driving on a highway and you realize you're going in the wrong direction, you take an exit, reroute, get back on track. So, and that's where this episode will pick up from, which is we really want to, there's some interesting insights that I can still use to expound on the last um, episode where we're talking about purpose and how to find your purpose and your calling. And then also this principle category number three, which is favor and love with God and man. And the scripture talks this about Jesus as well. It says when Jesus was growing, he worked strong in the spirit and he grew in favor with both God and man. Why would Jesus, the son of God, need favor with God and man. So once you read scriptures like that, you want to understand that likewise for you to fulfill your destiny and your calling, my brother and sister, whoever is listening to this, you need to be clothed in the garment of favor and love. It makes life easier. It makes life easier. Favor and love with both God and man is like adding oil to a gearbox, man, it makes shifting gears easier. And then there's another principle category called there are no coincidences in life. Cause some of you might be thinking that life is just this thing where things are just thrown against the wall to see what sticks. There are no coincidences in life. We will see that through the story and life of Joseph. We'll also see that yes, God's justice system never fails. They still a judge over the earth. He's called Jehovah. And he has a justice system in place. We'll see that play out in the life of Joseph. We'll talk about Joseph's character. What kind of character does, does, does God walk, walk with? You know, if God wants to back you up, what kind of character do you need to have? Um, there's another principle, category seven, which is work and service. Then we'll get into eight, money, nine, business, 10, investing, 11, saving. We'll see that actually God speaks into all of these different things. And then leadership and management will be the last principle category. So 
we still have a journey to go but i just wanted to kind of lay out the landscape of of how these episodes are going to unfold so with that being said let us get back to the agenda of the day which is we are talking about principal category number two which is what is your purpose guys i can't stress this enough the trajectory of my life and everything that i've been doing since i'll say 2021 really changed drastically because i eventually got to find out that okay this is what god has called me to do this is why i was created this is why i'm here all of uh you might know if you're if you're a christian believer you've had of the scripture that says when mordecai told esther says how do you know that you were put here for a time like this so we like to say like esther you have been created or put on this planet for a time like this uh someone that i love to listen to like uses this phrase i got this phrase from someone says god has never created a dad so everything god has ever created has purpose and meaning you see that all throughout the story of creation so until we find out what it is that god has created us to do honestly we will you will i will we will never be satisfied until we walk in that destiny calling you can't the 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 longer you run away from answering that one question the more of course of course you go you know you you there's this illustration people like to use that if a plan that if you just of course by one degree and you just keep on going and going and going you know two three years four years ten years in, is, is that the you'll be so off the 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 degree or the magnitude of how of course you are is magnified the degree you know the error of 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 you know when you're off course by one degree that degree one degree seems like a small thing but it is magnified the farther you go the farther long you go you you go you go you just go wider and wider and you straight farther and farther away from the pivot you know where you're supposed to be moving so it's very important that you sacrifice some time to really go on to a discovery and say, why am I called? Why am I here? So in the last episode, I started to kind of give us some insight, biblical insight into how to really find out this thing called your destiny calling. So I'll just quickly recap some of the things you looked at since we're all being caught up to speed. And one of the things you said was that in scripture 
in scripture, there's a place where there are, we call them the books of the prophets, right? And there's about 16 prophetic books. Now, in those 16 prophetic books, uh, based on some scripture uh, insight and correlation of a few scriptures, you realize that these 16 prophetic books, book of Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. These are all books that for you as a Christian, now this might not apply if you're not a Christian because you will need to first receive what we call the Holy Ghost. You have to come into partnership with the with your master, the Lord Jesus Christ. To really discover callings are from God. And I am going to really separate. Well, most people think they talk about dreams. You know, what is your dream? But higher than a dream is what we call a calling. Scripture really says when it's talking about us, it never says what, what, what your dream is. It says what you have been called to do. So if you're not a Christian and you're listening to this, I don't know how best I can help you because there's something higher than a dream. For instance, a couple of weeks ago, you know, as I like to do, interact with people, find out, um, you know, I like to, Get, you know, find out the temperature. What are people thinking and stuff like that? So my church had put on what is called a dream conference. And so there were these invitation cards. So I went out and about, went to Whole Foods and set up shop, started talking to people. And actually, I did run into a couple of people in different places, different grocery stores. Every time I go grocery shopping, I'll take a few cards with me. So I'll just bombard people and ask them, what is your dream? To show you that a dream is not the ultimate, that the, a calling is higher than a dream, and we need to differentiate this, is, is what is this. So I spoke to someone at a grocery store and they said, actually, I think it was Walfords. Doesn't matter anyway. One of the people I spoke to said, I said, what is your, I asked them, what is your dream? And they said, my dream is to retire my parents early. So if this person, whatever, and I believe they are, they were an immigrant. They are an immigrant. They just came into the country probably a year ago, something like that. Now, they came from their country with a dream to retire their parents early. Okay? Now, if that is the setting of their mind, first forward, 
if this person, you see, that is a wrong anchor for your life. Retiring your parents early is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Every child should desire to do that. But I'm not going to say that God put all his creativity, all the resources God has blessed you with, the gifts, the, the talents, the skills that you're acquiring, is that when God created you, he said, I want this person to retire their parents early. No. It is... That's not a calling. That's a desire. That's a dream. But that's not a calling. A calling is something that is going to require you to die to self. Something that is going to... A calling also... When when I first really understood... Because I, I looked at this guy and I said, he reminded me of me. Uh few years ago, because that was my mindset. My mindset was always that, you know, build a big company and, you know, retire my parents and a few people in my inner circle. As most people move around today. When I first encountered the Lord and he said to reveal to me why really he's put me here for this season and time and in this generation, one of the things the Lord told me is that, you see, Calvin, you've been trying. It says, I don't do, it says, I partner with people who are going to help more than their family and inner circle. He said, all the things you've been trying to do was so that you could get out and your parents as well. And maybe it's, and, you know, and your sister and a few friends here. And then you, you know, you'd be like, my work here is done. I said, no, that's not how I do business. For me to bless you, for me to pour my backing, heaven's resources behind you, God wants to touch masses. God wants to use you to touch more than just your family. Because when God, when the scripture says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, who's now the first begotten son, he's not his only begotten son, he's now the first begotten son, so loved the world. You see, God had a big picture in mind. You know, that's why Jesus, as Lord and Savior, is God's gift to humanity to say, I am buying you back through the precious blood of my son, Jesus Christ. You see, God's thinking was not two people, ten people. The first gift he offered to us was Jesus Christ, and it was a gift offered to the whole world. Now, once you join the family of God through Jesus Christ, then there's things that God makes available to you. We call them the gifts, things like the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And you get to know why you have been called, why you have been put, why he created you. Once you partner with him, 
he will give you understanding on, okay, my son or my daughter, now that you've joined the family, now that you're no longer an estranged, you're no longer a stranger to me, this is why I put breath in, this is why I keep breath in your lungs. This is what I've called you to do. So, if you're not Christian, you might pick up the Bible to read these prophetic books to find out what your calling is, but you won't know. You won't find out because the phrases and all the things mentioned in here won't make sense to you. Why is that? Because you don't, this is like, it's locked up. Your calling is locked up. There's a scripture that says in Proverbs says, It's the glory of God to conceal a thing and it's the honor of kings to search it out. Okay? It's the glory of God to conceal a thing and it's the honor of kings to search it out. So God does this like a scavenger hat. So you can't be on the outside and not believe that you have a creator and think you can just come into the Bible and pick it up and read and find out your calling and take that and then run away. No, it's not going to work like that. So if you're not a Christian, then perhaps this will only make sense to you up to the level of dreams. But there's something higher, which is called a calling. And so also to touch in, because I said in the series that we just finished on how to approach 2023 through the lens of the word of God and the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, we touched on how do you discover your purpose and your calling? And we said, those who have pledged allegiance to their master, to the Lord Jesus Christ as their master, as their savior, and saying, you have become my gateway into the family of God. Now I receive my mandate. The scripture talks about that we are citizens of heaven. You see, once you give your life to Jesus Christ, you become a citizen of heaven. And you become an ambassador of Christ. So Christ is, is, is like the office. Christ becomes the ministry that dispatches you. So you become an ambassador. You become a citizen of heaven and an ambassador of Christ. So who gives you your calling? So you become, just think of it like in the natural how like you know i could be an ambassador of 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 uganda to canada or canada to uganda or canada to the united states or united states so i get my 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 work my job description from the country that's dispatching me so in this case the country that dispatches you is the kingdom of god the kingdom of heaven so they say, okay, you, we're sending you back into the world as our ambassador through the ministry of Jesus Christ. You're now a citizen of heaven. The scripture talks about that when you give your life to Jesus Christ, you are translated from the power of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. So through scripture in Galatians chapter 2.21, again, I'm doing a, a recap because it's been a long time since the last episode. So I kind of want to 
get everybody up to speed. I will try to do a whole bunch of these episodes together back to back. But in the book of, with that understanding then, in the book of Galatians, in the book of Galatians, we see a statement that Paul makes. Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. This is in Galatians chapter 2, verses 20. It says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. The life And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So if it is true that when I met the Lord Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, that, the, that I became crucified with him, but it says, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ starts to live in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I get a new assignment. I get a new assignment. Because it's no longer my life, but I'm yielding my life as a vessel for God to use for his agenda, to fulfill his agenda. And we'll talk about some of that. Hopefully we'll get to that. So with that in mind, then you couple the scripture with, since now you are under the ministry of Christ and Christ is dispatching you, we also look at another scripture out of the book of Hebrews that says, um, Hebrews chapter Hebrews chapter 6. Yes. In Hebrews chapter 6, we'll look at a scripture that says, um, wait one second. Hebrews chapter 6 or Hebrews chapter 7. I'm trying to find it here. One second, bear with me. Anyways, it talks about how the, the it talks about how behold I come in the volume of the book it is written of me. So you start it's through this book, the volume of the book. Yeah, so Hebrews chapter 10. This was Jesus speaking. He said, then said I, and he was quoting, I believe, Psalms 41. But he says, then said I, lo, I come. In the volume of the book, it is written of me to do thy will, O God. So you see, when Jesus Christ came on the, on the earth, he did not come to fulfill his dream. In fact, in some places, Jesus himself said, I come not to do my own will, but the will of the Father. So these points that Jesus had his own desires, that Jesus could have done other things, but he yielded himself to the Father. And that's why in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 6, verse 7, he says, In the volume of the book it is written of me, to do thy will, O God. Says, Jesus said, I come to do thy will. The same thing happens to us. You're going about your own thing. You're doing whatever you want to do and this and this and that and all of that and that. And then all of a sudden you realize that, oh my goodness, there's something called eternity. You know, there's heaven, there's hell. There's something called what happens after your life ends on this planet. Life doesn't stop there. 
if that's what you believe, then I feel sorry for you. But anyways, for those of us who have received enlightenment and whose eyes have been opened, who believe that life doesn't stop the day your body's lowered into the ground here, that your spirit departs. Uh, Paul says, for me to live, for me to die, Paul says that to be present in the body is to be absent from the Lord. So for as long as I'm in this physical body, this tabernacle flesh, I am absent from the from my master, my Lord Jesus Christ. So anyways, I, I just want to clear out some things because, you know, I, I understand that some people who are not Christians may, may stumble upon this episode. So I'm always trying to find, uh, draw, like I'm always trying to kind of find that sweet spot medium between if someone's a Christian, if someone's not. And, and I, I really want to let them know why what I'm saying may not make sense to them. And so, yeah. So with that in mind, once, just like our master Jesus Christ yielded his will to the will of the Father, I as well, Calvin, I myself have now yielded myself to the ministry of Christ. So I go to Christ and say, okay, you're my master, you're my Lord and Savior. What is my calling? What's my mission? It gives me a mission statement. Now, how you can start to really discover this mission statement, you have to go on an adventure and read through these prophetic books, the 16 prophetic books that I've mentioned, because it says, in the volume of the book, it is written of me. And that was in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 7. But that was also out of Psalms, out of Psalm 40. Oh, bear with me, guys. Psalm 40, yes, Psalms 40 verses, I'll just read chapter 6 verses 2, 6 to 8. In Psalm 40 verse 6 to 8 it says, Sacrifice and offering thou did not desire. Mine ears have ye opened. Burnt offering and sin offering have ye not required. Then said I, lo, I come. In the volume of the book, it is written of me. I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. So, then we see Jesus himself talking to his disciples, kind of expound on this same principle of, of a calling. And this is taken out of the gospel of Luke chapter 24 jesus says luke chapter 24 verses 44 jesus says and he said unto them these are the words which i spake unto you while i was yet with you that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of moses in the prophets and in the psalms concerning me then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures and another plus it says the son of man goes as it is written so since our master told us that he found his calling 
according to what was written of him in the prophetic books, the Psalms and the law of Moses. Likewise, we who have now who receive knowledge of why we were created in the first place, why are we here? We also have to follow the same path. You have to go and read these prophetic books. And within these 16 prophetic books, you will find out what you have been called to do. That's the power of the word of God. That's where the supernatural starts to come in. Because you'll realize that these prophecies were not only about the first Christ. They are, all of, they are also written to all of us who are coming in the ministry of Christ. Mm -hmm. So that's also another kind of recap as to why we need to read these 16 prophetic books until you find out what you've been called to do. So then we read from a beautiful psalm psalm 139 that talks about god's perfect knowledge of man this is beautifully written and what i'm gonna do is i'm quickly gonna read through it and yeah psalms 139 really pulls back the curtains for us to understand god's perfect knowledge of man that all your days were ordained from the foundation of the world that's why God is called the Alpha Omega, the beginning ending. He's He knows the beginning at the ending, and he knows the ending at the beginning. So let me read one Psalm 139 again. And here's how it reads. It says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down. You are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me. Wow. How beautiful for someone to say that. If it's in heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, you're there. No matter where I go, you're there. Let's continue. Verse 10. Verse 9, if I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall befall on me, the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. Wow. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. And that my soul knows very well. 
My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written, the days fashioned for me. You see that? In your book they all were written, the days fashioned for me. When as yet there were none of them, how precious also are your thoughts towards me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Now, I want to again recapture the three verses from verse 13 to 16 that are so beautiful and perfect and reassuring from different translations. Um, one of them says, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Listen to another translation it says, you found my innermost being, shaping my delicate inside and my intricate outside and wove them all together in my mother's womb. I thank you, God, for making me so mysteriously complex. Everything you do is marvelously breathtaking. It simply amazes me to think about it. How thoroughly you know me, Lord. You even formed every bone in my body when you created me in the secret place. Carefully, skillfully, you shaped me from nothing to something. You saw who created me to be. You saw who you created me to be before I became me. Before I'd ever seen the light of day, the number of days you planned for me were already recorded in your book. Wow, isn't that beautiful? I just want this to sink in before we start diving into um, more guidances and how for us to find out our callings, our purposes, and all of that. Another translation. Oh, yes. You shaped me first inside, then out. You found me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God. You're breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelously mad. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made. Beat by bit, how I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life all prepared before I'd even lived one day. Now, that is the beauty of knowing there's assurance. Um, this is where our hope comes from. 
as a believer, this gives you reason not to give up. To know that your frame was not hidden from God when you were formed in secret and intricately and curiously wrought, as if embroidered with various colors in the depths of the earth, a region of darkness and mystery, that God's eyes saw your unformed substance and in his book, there's a book of life he has written for you before you were created. In this book, all the days of your life were written before ever they took shape, when as yet there was none of them. You know, there's a lot of life assurance and guarantee and hope in knowing that whatever situations you're about to deal with that are good and caring and loving God created a way out for you. That in Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans not of evil, plans not to hurt you or harm you, but plans to give you a future and a hope, plans to prosper you, plans to give you an expected end. So, um, this is reassuring for me as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ that my days have been given purpose, this purpose and meaning for why I'm here, that I'm not just here because of some theory, because of something called evolution, that I'm, I, I, I'm just one of the many. No, there was a God who purposefully crafted out a destiny for me, my days, my existence, my being. It's reassuring. With that in mind, I can now start to go on this adventure called what is my calling? Because if you don't know, if you don't believe or don't know that there's a calling that God has purposed for you, you won't go on any adventure, any scavenger. You won't be willing to sacrifice certain things to go on this calling adventure. You can't, if there's no destination, if there's no reward, there's no purpose in you waking up to go on an adventure. There's no sacrifice. If you don't know that there's a specific calling for you, you won't have reason to quit the job you're at. So you will stay there even when you feel miserable and sad and depressed and anxious. If you do not know that there's something higher for you, there's no incentive for you to get out of that relationship. If you know that this is what I've been called to do and the person I'm in a relationship with, is definitely not going to get me to that destiny. There's no incentive for you to walk in character, according to morality, according to... This is the problem. When you remove the context, that perspective of life, there's no incentive to do anything good. There's no incentive to take a sacrifice because, I mean, you're just one of the 7.7 .7 billion that evolved. What's the incentive? Right? Why? Why then? If 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 there is really no point of us being on this planet, why don't we all just become drunk? Why don't we all just get high and just all just you know just go out and lay in the sand and just get high and drunk and wasted away? 
Why are we trying to preserve life? Why are you trying to go to the doctor to get healed? Why are you trying to have savings? Why are you trying to have, if there's no point, if there's no meaning of life, why are you trying to do those things? Can't you see it's deception? There is meaning, there's purpose. Your spirit man knows it. The reason as to why you have these checks and balances within you, even though you don't believe in God, is because you there's something in you that says, don't waste this life. It's precious. It's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Nourish it, appreciate it, use it. That's why, that's where that's why the thing still calls in your heart, even at work, you're not happy and saying, I I shouldn't be here. You're wondering why you're not happy, why you're anxious, why there's something else that is calling you. It's what we call a calling. It's a phone call that is ringing that you're not answering, that you're not picking up, that you're scared to you're scared to pick up. Can't you see that? Because of this, Psalms 139, your days were written out. They were planned. Beautiful. And by the way, just in case someone is like, well, you know, I don't want to live a life that uh, someone's planned for me or things like that. Well, let me ask you a question. How well is the, is the life you're living right now that you've planned for yourself? How well is that working out for you? Because most people, this brings in the concept of sovereignty. And people start to think that they are a pawn shop. No, you're not a pawn. You are not a pawn. Let me tell you something. The scripture says in, in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20. That's very interesting. You know, a lot of this, sometimes this podcast is very funny, guys. I got to be honest. Sometimes I think that there's nothing to be said and then I get on air and then I feel like I don't have enough time to say all that I got to say in the moment. Ephesians chapter 3 verses 20 reads this. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Some other translations read that as now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask, think, or even imagine, according to the power of work within us. You cannot tap out God, Elohim, Jehovah. You cannot. I don't want to get into um, super philosophical um discussion on that god you cannot tap out god the life that god has designed for you a thousand out of a thousand times is better than the one you can design for yourself you cannot tap out the fun the adventure nobody has ever lived on this planet and tapped out god you can't. You can't. You cannot tap out God. 
that's the beauty. That's the amazing nature of God. And that's why he is, the scriptures say that his thoughts are past finding out. His ways are infinite. How do you tap out someone who is eternal? Eternity. In fact, he's beyond eternity. Eternity exists with him. Eternity is just an aspect of him. You can't tap out something that's infinite. You on your own, the life that you think you are so, that the life that you're thinking you don't want to surrender to a creator and say, okay, why, why, why am I here? The life that you're trying to do on your own and plan your steps. So the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, Proverbs 3, 5, and he shall direct says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Guys, God is so big, so amazing. He's more marvelous. You look at all creation and you see, we haven't yet even tapped out creation, like taking it in and saying, wow. I mean, there's some places that you see, some pictures of some places you're like, is this even on earth? The colors, the splendor, the beauty, the majesty. You look at animals that have been created. You look at the complexity of life and human beings and all. You cannot tap out God. Even in, even in 10 lifetimes, you can't tap out God. You can't tap out God. So once you put that, you once you say, okay, so... Is, there's an entity, there's this being whose plan for me will be a thousand times better than my plan for me. Okay, you might think that someone like, uh, let's say, you might be saying, oh, what about someone like, I don't know, Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos, you know, people have created, you know, a billion dollars and whatever. You might think that they've tapped out God, but they haven't. Even the people you look at and you're like, Man, this guy is a shaker and mover of the world. This person or whatever, he hasn't tapped out God. I kid you. I, 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 even people like Michael Jordan, who you could say achieved the height, and they didn't tap out God. Because I, I, I kid you. I kid you not that God still has so many Michael Jordans in his chamber that he can launch out. LeBron James hasn't tapped out God. Elon Musk hasn't tapped out God. Jeff Bezos did not tap out God. You can't tap out God. So that should give you more assurance on this whole subject of am I a pawn? You are not a pawn. You're not a pawn. So you can't tap out God and you're not a pawn. And that's why God gives everybody his will, their will. It says, okay, you think you, you have better plans for you than I have for you? That's what is called will. Everyone has a will. God has given everybody a will to say, okay, this is my plan for you. But if you think you can do better, go for it. Good luck. I'll still be here in case you need me. So those, those are some of the things that, uh, that should answer the whole question of sovereignty of God and whether you're a pawn or not. Now, so where 
then does that leave us? Uh, one, again, in the last episode, I say that one of the reasons this world has a lot of problems because the majority of the people, both Christians and non-Christians, are playing out of position. People are not playing the right position that God intended for them to do. People are not in their calling. Too many of us are playing out of, po of position. Too many of us are playing out of position. And why it's really important to start discovering your purpose or your calling is because you can run out of time. You can run out of time. I was lucky. I almost ran out of time. Because you see, you might think that you're still young and, 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 and energetic, but how crushing for you if you find out what your true calling is at eight years old. And by that time, maybe you didn't keep your body in the best shape. Maybe your calling might require you to be more mobile. Maybe your calling might require you to do more traveling and things of that nature. And you're just not able to do it. It will be a sad day if you keep kicking this can down the road, you know, to kind of deal with the pressures of life at the moment. I understand that. I understand. I've been through that. But the point is, whatever you're doing, you should be not at peace, not settled, not content until you find out what is it that God has called me to do. So that's something to really think about. Now, with that being said, we see a powerful prayer that Paul, the Apostle Paul, wrote for the church in Colossae. It's from the book of Colossians. And we shall dive into this in the next episode and all of that exciting stuff. But Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 to 14 says, For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Listen to this. It says, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, that you'll be strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. And he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins this is a prayer that paul is is praying for the church that they will receive the knowledge and understanding of what god has called them to do that they will be fruitful in every good work that's what that's very important. So what I'm going to do is in our next episode, we are, because I really wanted to use this episode to recap and, and get everybody up to speed on the series that we're working on, Decoding Joseph, 
and now on this, which I believe is the anchor of this whole series of Decoding Joseph, really uh, finding your purpose. And I know a lot of people are still hurting in this area. They need understanding. So it's an area that I feel like the Lord wants me to keep hammering on. And we will dive into more understandings of this whole thing of callings, purpose, giftings, talents, skills, and all of this. And how kind of all of this comes together. And we'll also use a lot of backing from scripture. We will also use a lot of backing from scripture. So once again, thanks for tuning in. See you on the next episode. Sella. This was episode 17 of Decoding How God Thinks About Work, Money, Business, Investing, and Leadership Through the Life and Story of Joseph from the Book of Genesis. We explored why it is paramount for every person, especially Christian believers, to find out what it is that God has called them to do. You see, God has a plan for everyone that he's ever created. However, the first step in finding out what the plan is, is to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. You need to align with the creator first before he reveals his plan for your life to you. After this step, then comes the responsibility to seek God for his plan for your life. Scripture in Proverbs says that it is the glory of God to conceal a thing and it is the honor of kings to search it out. Jeremiah 29 chapter 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. He goes on to say in verse 12, Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me. And when you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. You see, any person that is not walking in the purpose that God has ordained for them is essentially walking in captivity. But God wants to change that. God wants to bring you back from that captivity because at the end of your life here on earth, this is a question everyone reflects upon before they take their last breath. Did I really do what I was called to do? Did I fulfill my purpose here on earth? In the next episode, we'll look at some guiding principles that you can use to discover your calling through scripture. Your host for today was Calvin Kabanda. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode. When jealousy and pride try to be my friend, I look them in the eyes and tell them no again. Hit the road, leave my sight. I don't want to hear from you. When lured by the lust, the whispers to my mind, when I hear
Please let me in 